Hey there, this is Tom Singer, and you are about to listen to one of the first episodes of NSA's newest podcast, Speakernomics. If you like this episode, subscribe to our new show to get weekly insights about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. Subscribe to Speakernomics today by searching for it wherever you listen to podcasts or at spkr.bz slash speakernomics. Welcome to Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we're going to talk to Shep Hyken. Now, Shep is a CSP, a CPAE. He's a former president of the National Speakers Association. And since 1983, he has had a speaking business, but he does so much more. Hey, Shep, welcome to Speakernomics. I love the idea of Speakernomics. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. We're we're just getting started with this brand new podcast, and we're excited to have you here. So before we get started, Shep, what are two tips that you would share with speakers about how they could make more money? Just two. <laughs> well, we we can go deeper, but let's okay. start. Let's start with well, two. Sure. Number one. Think about multiple channels beyond being on stage. Most people think of professional speaking as get on stage, get a check, go home, get the next gig, et cetera, et cetera. Multiple channels of income. Number two, I would take uh, right away as fast as possible because of the way the landscape's changing. I take a look at uh, creating an online, virtual, on-demand, 24-7 learning system. And uh, that's taking your content, turning it into video-based learning, and making it available on demand. Well, I'm going to ask you more questions about both of those tips. But first, got to let everybody know who Shep is. I can't believe anybody in the speaking industry doesn't know. But Shep is an expert in customer service. And what he does is he helps his clients get their customers to walk away having had an amazing experience. So, Shep, let's go backwards a little bit to when you started as a speaker. What got you into this business? I didn't have a job. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first. No, that's the truth. I got out of college. I thought I'd work for my family business, which I uh, actually started working for them. Summer jobs, not every summer, um, since I was very, very young. And I thought, you know, they own gas stations. So I was going to work in gas stations. But actually, it was kind of fun, kind of a retail convenience store. And you know what they did right when I got out of college? They sold the company. (laughs) Mom, Dad, what were you thinking? It was just mom. What was she thinking? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then all of a sudden I realized, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, less than a year out of college. What am I going to do with my life? I went and saw a couple of motivational speakers. My mom actually tore out this ad for a rally with Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins. And I go and I think to myself, what can I do to make a living? And then I look at them, I go, well, I could do that. And, <laughs> and a little background, I was doing magic shows from the time I was 12, which is why my parents made me have a real job in the summer to see what real hard work was because I was getting paid quite well to do birthday parties and eventually work in nightclubs and do corporate gigs. But I learned what hard work was working in a gas station and that type of job. But anyway, I digress. Um, When I saw those performers or speakers, I thought with that performance background, I can do that with a college degree and a little bit of business background and having been an entrepreneur and starting my own business as a teenager, I thought I could do something. And that's how it all started. Really, that 
that basic. And not many people uh, come out of college and say, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. But pretty much that's how it happened. <laughs> well, and, and you're coming up on, on four decades of doing it. So I think you've got some great advice. So let's let's jump into how we started the show. Your first one, your first piece of advice was think about areas offside of stage. So this is something a lot of us might have had to have think about in 2020. Last oh, yeah. year, we got sure. blindsided. I, I, I'll admit, I had what we could call a traditional speaker and master of ceremonies business, my entire income was based around being on stage. So what else can people do to make money besides just getting that check and and giving a talk? Well, obviously, many of us have shifted to doing virtual presentations. That's number one is we converted to a new stage. And that stage is putting ourselves in front of a camera and being broadcast via Zoom or, you know, Microsoft Teams or whatever it is, the medium they want to use. That's number one. Number two, and I did this a long time ago. By the way, I've been doing virtual events like we're doing today about maybe a dozen, 15 a year in the form of webinars or fireside chats or what I would call more informal presentations. And now I'm just, instead of doing 10 or 15 a year, it looks like 10 or 15 a month is what's been happening. And that's fine. I'm totally cool with that. Um, So number two, and I've been doing this since, oh, I'm going to say the early 2000s. So not quite 20 years. um, I, rewrote all my material to become a training product where a professional trainer, I thought it would be me doing full days, but I learned really quickly. I hate that. So I had it rewritten so that uh, a trainer could pick up my facilitator guide, read it, and then go and deliver a training session. And so we have trainers that deliver my content. That's cool in that it's its own business by itself. I often tell my wife, if something happens to me, we have revenue sources that don't require me to be on stage. So and that's that, important. And that's something that a lot of our speaker peers don't have. That's something that's really important. So I want to come back to that in a little bit, mm-hmm. especially when we get to your other tip about about the learning portal. But sure. uh, let's keep going. So far, that's that's three. We've got on stage. We've got virtual. Uh, on we've stage. got other trainers. What else? Yeah, virtual other trainers. Uh, Basic product sales. You know, we sell books and people say you can't make a lot of money off books, but I have actually found a formula that works, that works for both my publisher and me to make, uh, to do well, especially when it comes to bulk sales. Uh, So books are, but they're good. They're not a great revenue source, but they're a good revenue source. Um, Let's see. Number five, uh, I am considered an influencer in my space. I'm well known in my space. And as a result, companies, uh, especially uh, big companies, will have me come to their user conferences and just show up and and they'll pay me to tweet and write an article about what I see. And I don't have to do a presentation. And, you know, I've got to be honest, that's one of the things I miss most uh, about this whole COVID experience. And that is I'm not able to go to conferences and learn from other people on stage within my industry. I have to pick it up now all online. Uh, but that's anyway, that's a sidebar. So uh, being the influencer, asked to write an article, asked to like today, just today. I was asked to do a tweet chat and I'm paid to do a tweet chat. To me, that's like writing an article. I have the 10 questions ahead of time. I get the answers. We post the answers as the questions come out and I'm there to respond to everybody who's responding to my answers. Uh, Another area is sponsorship. I jokingly say there's naming rights to my, my YouTube video channel and it's really not a joke. It's just the way I 
position. It's like, you know, you can own, you can put your name on my stadium. Well, I have a YouTube channel, a blog, a podcast. And so these are, I was doing a package sponsorship. And if, if a client wants to be on everything, they can, but I broke it out. And some clients want just to have, so if you go to my YouTube channel, you're going to find there is a, um, on the right side and everybody should know this there, you can actually place a link in your banner and this link, instead of going to something that I'm promoting for myself now goes to the sponsor's site. Maybe they're promoting a, a, a white paper or a report of some kind. And then off to the right, it says sponsored by so-and-so. Click here to get the report on whatever. And that's actually on my YouTube banner. Now, if you get there, depending on when you're there, some months it's not there because there's no sponsor. But that's a great way. Uh, blogs, podcasts, uh, that type of thing. So uh, let's see. I believe that's six. Is that right? Number that's seven would be your online learning portal. And I want online to learning, which actually is probably got the greatest growth opportunity of all. Well, and I that is having courses online, uh, basically video-based courses that people can access 24-7. And I want to dissect that one separately. So just looking okay. at this whole idea of having a series of ways to make money on stage and off stage, for a lot of people, like I said, we, we didn't have that. I had a traditional speaking business. How can people sort of reset their mindset to be able to think of other product lines, other ways of monetizing, because a lot of people are stuck. Right. Well, Tom, first of all, what year did you start doing this? Uh, so I've been doing it for 12 years. So 2009. -ish. So 2009, a lot of what we're talking about is ava was available to us back then. When I started, there was no internet. I started in the day, you know, and I used to have to walk uphill both ways to school on snowy days and with boots and with holes. But that's the, <laughs> that's another story. Seriously, though, uh, a lot of people get into this business thinking they want to be a speaker. And let's just take that traditional speaker model, get on stage, get paid, do the gig, move on to the next one. And that's how we make a living. That's not a business. That's a practice. And I'm sure we've heard that before. A practice means if you don't show up that day, if you're on vacation, you're not getting paid and there's nothing coming in. And I learned a long time ago, how can you supplement that? Well, back in the day when I first started, the way to do that was through product. It was audio cassettes, which eventually became CDs and then DVDs. It was books. And how much can you make with a book? Well, if you self-publish the book, which today the ability to self-publish and get mainstream distribution through Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and then through Ingram, you can be your own publisher. You just have to do it right. Make the book look like a real book and not a self-published, do-it-yourself kind of a project, which unfortunately, some of my friends still create these do-it-yourself looking projects. But you do this right, and there's a lot of revenue beyond just uh, when you get on stage and you try to sell books. I don't sell books in the back of the room. I sell books before I ever show up. Companies call me and they say, we can't afford your fee. I go, well, I've got something for everyone. How about I sell you books and I give you a facilitator guide on how your people can do breakouts around my books. So there's many ways to sell books way beyond the platform or in the onesies and twosies you get. And if you promote it right and you write about it and you blog about it and you talk about it to everybody, you're going to sell you know, a decent amount of books. When you self-publish, you get a big chunk of the pie uh, as the money comes in. So were you thinking about all these different revenue streams back in the 80s when you started your business? Or is this something that, that sort of grew over time? 
So in 1983, I start my business. I think I'm doing real well. And then I'm introduced to NSA and I joined in 1988 and I was told write a book. So I immediately turned around and wrote the book. And within a year, I had that book out. Uh, I believe it was my buddy, Steve Miller, not of the Steve Miller band, but Steve Miller, the speaker, the marketing genius who said to me, Shep, this book's going to make you a million dollars. I'm going to sell a million dollars worth of books. He goes, no, but the credibility is going to be there. But in addition to that, that book has sold. Oh, it's I've given away probably a hundred thousand copies, but I've, I know that I've sold over a hundred thousand copies too. And when I sell the book, even at a substantial discount, that is uh, even with giving away all those books, I'm way in the profit zone, a big profit zone. All right. So that's uh, number one. I learned about that. And then as we got closer to, 2000. Um, so what are we now about? I'm about 17 years into the business. 9-11 hits in 2001. And I recognize we're one terrorist attack away from the annihilation of the speaking industry. Nobody's going to send their people to a hotel on an airplane if it's going to get shot down or crashed or whatever. And if that were to happen again, what happened in 9-11 in a short period of time, it would take years. So I thought, what can I do? And I took my content and turned it into a training product. This this was really important. Nito Cobain taught me this. Turn it into a training product. And then I started hiring other trainers to do it. As I mentioned, I tried it once myself, realized I'm not good at the all day thing. Really, I'm not good at shutting up and letting people work and discuss amongst themselves. Um, it was frustrating to me. So um, that was a really big opportunity as we grew. And then I learned about Google pay-per-click advertising and uh, not sure I did it right, but I remember the first uh, training project that came in based on a Google ad. And <laughs> that was really cool. Uh, and, and I, and my trainer and I had the sales call with uh, the client and we sold it. And it, it was, it was like, wow, this is great. I got to do more of this. So I started recognizing these different channels over time. But so one, also, of the, one of the things that you brought up also, one of the other mm -hmm. ways was doing sort of virtual events and you lumped in both like traditional virtual speaking and you lumped that in with podcasting. And I also know that you long ago, I mean, maybe as much as a decade, you started doing like videos and you started that YouTube, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. you started that YouTube channel. I know that because I was in your office like six years ago and you showed me your, your whole studio that you'd set up. But here's the thing. A lot of speakers still, even nine, 10 months after COVID hit, aren't super comfortable on video. So how do we help people get over that hump to sure. be able to do so any here's type an of idea. Uh, if you don't have anybody on your staff, uh, then have your spouse or your kid or, you know, even a friend just come in and take a video camera and follow you along uh, around all day, videotaping everything you do. And then every once in a while, when you want to make a comment, look at the camera and say something. And over a period of time, you're going to get really comfortable with that camera staring you in the face everywhere you go. And that's a way of getting comfortable. What a lot of people don't realize is that when you see my weekly videos, and I've been doing weekly videos for years, I have over 600 videos now on my YouTube channel. I don't know if you can still access all of them because some are quite old, but, but think about that. I've been doing at least one video a week for years. Okay. And before YouTube was super, super popular, I was doing it just because I thought this is the way people are going to look for content, not necessarily look for speakers. Anyway, you get comfortable. What I was going to say is that all of the videos you see me do today that are based on my articles are all put onto a teleprompter and I read off the teleprompter 
Yet, I hope you don't think I'm reading off the teleprompter. And the way you get good at that is just do it. And by the way, if I decide I'm going to do four or five videos in one batch uh, and I don't come back for a month to come back and do more, it's like not having been on stage for a month. It's a little awkward. It's I got to get comfortable again. So usually I do a run through of one and then it's, you know, uh, one take Shep for the most part, <laughs> just get through it. And even when I make a mistake and sometimes I'll go off script, uh, every once in a while I have, I use, um, prompt smart, I believe is what it's called. And it is voice activated. So if I go off script, it stops scrolling until I go back on script. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of cool. That That's probably pretty good for someone like you or me who just likes to talk and could go anywhere. On, on Yeah, squirrel. On yeah, <laughs> so, Shep, you decided to start this online training program. So taking your training yeah. and taking it into this online course world. And you have a pretty robust program. For people who haven't seen it, can you tell us a little bit about what you have? Sure. I'm currently on the Lightspeed virtual training platform, Lightspeed VT, um, and uh, I have six courses, um, anywhere from a short 20-minute course. My leadership course is about 45 minutes because leaders don't have a lot of time. And then I have a number of more robust courses that take anywhere from you know 12 hours to complete uh, to you know maybe a little bit shorter. But there's six of them total, and each month we add one small video onto it which is my way of saying hey there's new content content added on a monthly basis and it allows your people to come on and stay in i guess using it and the more i the more they use it the more they stay with it because it is uh, subscription based it's an annual fee some clients like to pay by the month which by the way we prefer because it's much easier to get the client to continue their subscription on a monthly basis than to renew after a year so maybe it's a minor semantic but it's i think it's it's important so those ACH or whatever, you know, automatic wire transfers all come in. It's, it's good. Um, so where was I going with this? Um, help me. What was the question again? <laughs> the question was, if someone hasn't seen it, tell us about the robustness. Oh, tell us about it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, those are the six courses. Now, uh, something new to the Lightspeed VT platform, which I just found out is now I can live stream, stream through the platform. And this is what's cool. So let's say we have a hundred clients that have uh, bought the platform or let's, let's not even use the, the clients that are, um, you know, company licenses. Let's just use the individuals. Cause, because even though I don't focus on individual licenses, um, we still get people buying it every month for a year. But what I can do now is I can go on and live stream through the platform. So I can send a message to everybody on the platform via email, uh, I can segment it by company because some companies don't want us to do it. And I can say, Hey, I'm going to do a broadcast live through the Lightspeed program or through the shepherd VT program. That's my version of Lightspeed VT VT or shepondemand.com. If you want to, by the way, shepondemand.com, I'm not selling it. Just go and look at it. Um, and you can see uh, what I've done with my, what they call the front door. And you'll see a description of courses and what it looks like. Uh, you'll see what pricing is. And, and you know, it's very transparent. It's, it's like retail. Of course, there's, if you're a corporation or a company, call us to get the bulk pricing. So I could then broadcast a live stream once a quarter, and that's great value add. Uh, so it's becoming, I'm not going to call it a membership site, but in a sense, it, it almost is at that point. Uh, so I love the way this thing has morphed over time. So about maybe even longer than 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I 
was asked to be on a board of an online learning company. And if you subscribe to this company's program, you were going to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars a year because it was very expensive to do online programming, online training. Uh, the gentleman who ran it was a CEO and their best salesperson was working almost 20 hours a day because he had to talk to India for four or five hours where the, all the programmers were taking care of things. Well, and we had major banks. We had like the state of California was a client, but I learned a lot, but I didn't know this. It would never work for my kind of business because I, I'm not, I'm not equipped to sell these 150, 200,000, $500,000 deals. Okay. And then the prices started coming down as the technology started to cost less to use. And there were different vendors out there. At the time I looked at a company, I was using them. Uh, it took me about 20,000 plus dollars to get on that platform. And there were drawbacks and limitations. So after about six months of that, I learned about the Lightspeed VT platform and I took a shot. I switched everything over to the cost of about four times what I had just paid for that one course because uh, of the quality of the product and the, easy, the ease of selling it. And the way Lightspeed works is you have a monthly fee if, unless you, if, as a minimum, or it's 20% of your sales. That's, that's my deal anyway. I think that's what most people are paying. So uh, the owner, Brad Lee, he doesn't care if I sell my online training for $10,000 or $50. He's making 20% no matter what minimum fee. Under my old program, I had to pay per user a certain amount of money. And if I discounted it, they were making a lot more money than I was, especially I had a client that wanted to put 3,500 people through. So I wanted to discount it to where it was like a no brainer. They wanted it. Well, here I am going to make $5 a person <laughs> while my vendor is going to make 25 or $30 a person. That doesn't seem fair, you know? Uh, so it was a great move to get over there. So that's part of the monetization and business model. So without getting into details, it is a large piece of revenue for you. And so it has become a, from the very first year. Okay. I paid back and got back more than my investment. And, but, but it also leads you to more speaking gigs, doesn't it? It sure does. Because a lot of people call looking for training, and then they find out what our services are. Number two, they see me on the, the camera, on camera. And by the way, if I had to do it all over again, I would take me off camera and just make it not even Shep hike. It, it's, it's, it's called Shepherd VT, Shepherd Virtual Training. And here are the courses, but I could hire a great spokesperson, far better looking than me, <laughs> uh, man or woman, to get on and deliver this content, right? And so then it becomes not me, but just great content, not tied to me. However, it is good when I'm doing a speech and I say to the client, hey, when I'm finished, what are you going to do to sustain this? And we add to that this piece. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, and it works the other way around. When people call for training, we talk about whenever they're going to have a meeting and do they have meetings. And once in a while, that transfers into a typical speaking engagement as well. So in this period where many of us got kicked in the teeth with our speaking businesses in 2020, as we go into 2021, the, the word for the year for a lot of speakers is reinvent or rebuild. Where mm -hmm. do you think speakers should go first if they don't have already seven lines of income like you do? Sure. Where well, should they start? Uh, th there's two places I want you to think about. Number one, if you haven't written a book, get it done. Then take that book 
if you have written it or if you need to write it once it's finished and turn that into your online course. Mm. That's the easiest way to start. And you can go on Upwork and hire a course designer to take that content and turn it into uh, something with exercises. Although you could actually use the book as your basic script, just as you would an audio book. But remember, it's video based. So there needs to be good visuals to go with it, to support it. And what we learned, and I got lucky because I did it right out of the box correctly, uh, is that you do it in tiny, short modules, anywhere from two or three minutes to maybe at the most six or seven. And that means that, like, for example, my first course, uh, the main, uh, what I call my, um, what uh, the flagship course is called the customer focus to take it and spend the right amount of time takes about 12 hours. And it is, I believe it's 23 chapters in four parts that comprise this course. Now it's only about three hours worth of video, but but by the time you do the exercises and take your time to do it right, it's going to take 10 to 12 hours to do, but it's 23 chapters. So if you take, take three hours, 180 minutes and divide it by 23, um, I, I do the math. It's, uh, I don't know. What does that come out to? Uh, one to the four minutes average or so, three sure. minutes something average, like that. something like that. I don't know. Wait, I, I, off the top of my head, it doesn't matter. I'm not an accountant. I'm a speaker. We have people that do the accounting. I was just going to say, we, we, we get people to do the math. I have a math genius for a son-in-law. I turn to him if I have to do math. I don't have to do math. Yeah, right. So you get it. Uh, but that's, that's the point. And uh, they're all very short modules. I think the most, the longest ones. And that's important because then people can get it and progress bite-sized chunks. Um, so I would say do those, those things first book content, or to actually just take your speech and transcribe it and then turn that into a course. And, and uh, again, break it up into chunks, have workbook exercises, go on Upwork, find a course designer that'll help you do that. Very inexpensive to do. Get on a platform. Lightspeed to me is like the Ferrari of platforms. And their new business model is you have a choice. They're like an agency. They'll do everything for you for a flat fee, which is what I did. Uh, or if you're somewhat tech savvy, you can do it yourself. And that's fine if you do it right. Uh, but there's companies like, um, oh, uh, Thinktific is a good one. Um, Kajabi, I think, is what a number of people use. So even though I'm using that, there's many other, others that are out there. But if, if you like the Lightspeed product, you know, that to me is like, not the Cadillac. It's an upgrade to a Ferrari. <laughs> well, Shep, thank you so much for being with us here on Speakernomics. Any, any last words of advice? Oh, man. So like I've always said, the job isn't doing the speech. It's getting the speech. And that means speech, virtual presentation, or any type of sale. If you write the book, they don't buy unless you promote and sell. If you create the most fantastic speech, unless you're out there letting people know you do it, you're not going to be doing any speeches. If you create this great engine, this on-demand learning product, you know, if you build it, they don't come <laughs> unless you give them a reason to. Well, again, Shep, thank you so much for being here. You shared with us a couple of great tips at the top. You shared with us seven different ways that you make money. And uh, we went really deep onto the online learning. I think that everybody walked away today with a page of notes just in the 25 minutes that we've been together. So thank you so much for being here. And for everybody who listened, join us next week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak Get paid. Repeat.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.